Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, September 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Sam Mellinger. The first part of the show centers on the Royals' future of their hottest hitter at the moment, Andrew Benintendi. And then after a break, we discuss what a 2022 Royals lineup might look like. While we were reporting the show as a Sports Beat Live, the Royals were breaking news that we didn't get to talk about on the show. The team has a new general manager. In a move that doesn't come as a huge surprise, J.J. Piccolo moves up from assistant GM to general manager. Of course, that's been Dayton Moore's role since 2016. Dayton Moore becomes the Royals' president. These moves, like I said, have been subject of speculation for a while. So I want you to read about the changes on KansasCity.com and in the print editions of the Star. And, of course, in the Star's new morning sports edition that will come out tomorrow morning. So, okay, let's get started talking Royals with Sam and Lynn. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly discussion about the Royals with the Star folks who know them best and with you please join in the conversation with your questions and comments want to thank the university of kansas health system they've been with us all year as our sponsor and you will hear from them later in the show good morning to lynn worthy and sam mellon for being here what's up guys what's up good morning yeah vahe gregorian could not be with us he is as we say in the business on assignment he really is he really is. I kind of lied the last few weeks saying that, and he was on vacation. But uh, no, he's really on assignment uh, this time. So uh, we'll get we'll get Vahe back next week. Um, all right, guys. Uh, here's where I want to start today. Uh, before uh, young Lynn Worthy was was knocking around the minor leagues, uh, covered minor league ball in the Northeast, and and when an even younger Sam Mellinger was. Uh, you know, was was uh, rooting for Bo Jackson. I was a baseball fan as a kid, and when I was when I was young, I started to hear about this thing called baseball bennies. Um, and I was a kid. What do I know? Baseball bennies didn't mean anything much to me. When I got older, I later found out those weren't a great thing. Those were like stimulants, right? Drugs. Baseball players were using were using bennies to, um, you know, to basically, uh, you know, as, as stimulants. Well, I got a different uh, definition of baseball Benny these days, and uh, Andrew Benintendi is the Benny of the Royals. He's playing great, and had a he's the American League Player of the Week, and um, and I, I think that that prompts a discussion about what his future with the Royals is. Before we get into that, I wanted to show you some Andrew Benintendi highlights from this past week. Let's go ahead and roll that back. Benintendi hits it high in the air to right field. That ball is way out of here. So he did get one in the strike zone. And Benintendi, who's a very good changeup hitter, lifts it to right. And the Royals have a 3-0 lead in the first inning. And Benintendi goes up the middle and into center field. And he has a three-hit game. And a drive to left field. Ref Snyder is at the wall. Gone! Base hit number four, home run number two, and Andrew Benintendi has his second five-run game of the trip. Clutch. 
And a line drive is into center field. Nicky Lopez is going to come home on Buxton. The throw was cut off by Sano. And the Royals are on the board. And Benintendi drives in another run. That is his 13th on this trip. Benintendi hits it to the gap in left center field, and that's going to be down. That is his second hit and his 12th on this trip. Those highlights, of course, courtesy of Bally Sports. Those were from the Royals' recent road trip where they uh, they went 4-3. and three. I think that's right. Yeah, 4-3 and three at uh, Baltimore and Minnesota. Andrew Benintendi was terrific in those games. In the, well, at least in the last five, uh, 12 RBIs, hit 545, and of course he's the American League Player of the Week. That's um, as as a stretch. He's you know that's kind of Salvador Perez molten hot from from a month or so ago. Uh, Lynn, this is about as well as I've seen Andrew Benintendi hit in a Royals uniform, and maybe I, I don't know what he has said about his career. You know, of course he was with Boston before before Kansas City. Has he, has he had a stretch like this for the Royals this year? Um, well, for a full, for over seven days, I'm not sure that he's matched that. But I know for the month of May, uh, I believe it was May, he was hitting over 300. And he, he was, you know, I think he was their player of the month for May. I don't remember what the numbers were. Like. I want to say it was 330, but I'm not sure. And that was over a full month. Um, the thing with him has just been, you know, even I think it was the first game in Baltimore, we talked about where he felt like he was at. He talked about being frustrated because he felt like when he got going, then something happened. Like he broke the, he broke his rib. Um, then he got back and started to get into the swing of things. And he had a shoulder injury and had to take a week off and was slow, easing back into that. And now he's finally feels like he's back where he should be. Um, so you've seen glimpses of it. Um I think I keep going back to May because it was sustained over like a month or maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, and uh, but this week has been just, you know, I mean, he had um, I think he said or he matched the Royals record for one road trip with RBIs. And, you know, and we, we saw it both sides, too. We saw him steal a home run away. We saw him throw a guy out of the plate. Um, so he's, you know, really been everything that lets you know why they were so excited when they when they got that trade pulled off in February. Yeah, he, the clutch. De- you're, you're right. Clutch defense too. Climbed the wall to take the home run away in Baltimore, and then he uh, had the had the assist and the to prevent keep the Orioles off the board in the game. The, the Royals will ended up winning six to nothing, but at the time I, it was either scoreless or one to nothing Royals uh, in Baltimore. No, it's been been a quite quite a stretch for him. I, I I think Royals fans were excited when when he signed or when he, when they when he was acquired in the trade. Uh, but there was a little bit of hesitation because the Royals, the, the two main players that the Royals gave up, and they were to different teams, were Franchi Cordero to the Red Sox and Khalil Lee to the New York Mets. And Royals fans kind of not 100% sure what they had in either one of those guys. But just at least based on, on this year alone, um, Khalil Lee just has had basically a cup of coffee with the Mets. And Cordero in something like, I think I read this, 48 games is hitting 189 for, for Boston. So at least, Sam, it looks like the Royals got, the at least for now, the the better of this deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's one of those, like, classic trades where it's uh, they're getting certainty back, 
right? Like clearly, and 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 um, they're giving up a lot of service time uh, with those guys too. And there's a chance that Khalili could turn into a really good player, but he also strikes out a lot. Um, you know, I mean, there, there there's some holes in his game. Cordero, uh, you know, gosh, like Royals fans um, think Mondesi can't stay healthy, and they're right. But Cordero has had you know a longer history of this. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's been, they, they just needed like, um, you know, just some certainty, just a, 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 a legit everyday big leaguer in that spot. Gordon's gone and just a, a guy that can do different things. Um, you know, th- I think the other option would have been either to assume that Cordero can do it across, you know, maybe 140 or whatever, um, or maybe Kyle Isbell. Um, you know, can maybe slide over into that spot in, in, in left field. So um, I think all things considered, you, you, you'd have to say that the Royals made the right decision there. It'll be interesting to me what they do. Um, Lynn, he is arbitration eligible, right, um, for next season. The, the Royals have control. And then uh, he's scheduled for uh, free agency after that. It's just um, that's an interesting situation to me. Like players usually like to hit free agency. Um, you know, the Royals have obviously some guys they're excited about in the minor leagues and, and, and maybe, um, you know, they want that open spot in left field, but he's been a really good player by all accounts, a good teammate. Uh, you know, they'd like to have him around. It's just, a, it'll be an interesting decision what they, what they do with the money there. Yeah. See, do we project him to be the left? First of all, for just for next season, um, we, Royals bring him back. Don't they Lynn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just going to be a matter of you know coming to a good arbitration number, but I mean yeah, you bring him back, and then even if you don't lock him up for any sort of extended period, you know then maybe he's a guy who has value at a trade deadline if you're ready to bring up somebody from the minors, if you're ready to you know make room for somebody, and you got to start moving guys around, and left field becomes a spot where you can put somebody to um, make room on the infield or somewhere else for one of these other guys. Um, and, and the other thing is, is remember they didn't even they weren't even paying his full freight this year because they got money from Boston too. So I mean, he he was you get in the you know production they had this year you, in that trade. You also got I want to say it was two point eight or two point six or something like that of what his money for this year was came from Boston. So you pay him next year, and then you know if there's trade value there to make room, or if you feel like he's your guy, then maybe you can try and work something out to uh, keep him longer. That's the interesting part is if, if both sides kind of feel like this is a relationship that they want to that they want to continue, because it's entirely possible that he has an OPS around 800. I think his career OPS is, is near there. Um, the Royals maybe jump a spot or two in the standings. And at that point, it's a really kind of interesting deal about whether they want to do it long term. It's just um, he's a good player. Um, he, he can do a lot of different things. Um, but it's just, it's one of those, you know, do, do you roll the dice a little bit that one of these young guys is going to come up and be better? It's just, um, it, it's a really interesting situation. You know, starting left fielder for a world champion Red Sox team in, in 18, he's 27 years old. And I think his, his stat line right now, uh, his, his you know, home run to- power totals, uh, is his percentages might not be too dissimilar to what Alex Gordon was at, you know, at similar junction of his you know, age anyway, and not maybe not point in career, but age. And um, and I, when I think about the Royals for next season, and we're going to talk about that in, in a moment, um, you know, I think about all the positions that are, you know, where the Royals either have a, a glut of candidates or candidates who I can't identify right now uh, for p- certain positions. But left field is one that I think, okay, 
you check that box. You've got you've got Andrew Benatendi in left field, and and um, and you you know stays healthy. You've got a guy play 150 games and um, and, and give you you know maybe 15 to 20 home runs. Uh, and, you know 80 RBIs, and as you said, uh, you know an 800 OPS, which is you know that's you'll take that uh, with with this, with this team. So. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I this last week I hadn't thought much about Benintendi. He hadn't given us a whole lot to to think about. It's just solid above average season. I don't know what his war defense and overall war is, but I you know I I just I like him in the lineup and 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 uh, um, I I tell you one thing I really like about him is his power to the opposite field. He's you know, one of those home a couple of his home runs this year, he just he muscled up, and even at Kauffman Stadium, has gone oppo in um, you know it, it uh, in for you know at, at the K. And of course, we saw the highlight of one of those. I think it was in Minnesota, going the opposite field as well. Another uh, kind of a longish uh, you know distance for for a home run. So, um, Lynn, am I right? We we but we talked about this before, but. Um, you know, I think the Royals can check that box about Benintendi for next season. Yeah, if I mean, if they want to, they definitely can. Just pencil him in left field and work around that and say, okay, well, we've got that one taken care of, and the other spots are the ones that we need to focus on. Um, I wouldn't necessarily um, put so much emphasis on his power because, you know, that was actually the big thing coming in right after the trade was last year when he got power – centric the last couple of years that's where his numbers started took that dip and that's where a lot of people i mean i mean at least fans in boston were starting to sour him a little bit like oh he wasn't what he was the first couple of years it was because he started to think more power and, and all that sort of thing and this year he's really sort of tried to get more back into that line drive use the middle of the field especially playing at kaufman that's going to be the key for him so um the power stuff i mean yeah he'll he'll hit some but playing Kaufman and, and being part of the, the lineup, ideally, you know, you've got some guys in there who can hit for power um, that you're not relying on him for that as much as just to be a consistent hitter and a consistent at bat. Well, one thing I think about him a lot, um, and Blair, you just mentioned he was the starting left fielder, and I think hit like second in, in the order, right, when, when the Red Sox won the World Series a few years back. Um, he seems like the kind of player that looks better on a good team. Does that make sense? Like he, he, he can be right there in the mix um, with a good team, but he's not, you know, the kind of guy that you can win with, um, but not because of, I guess, is, is sort of the shorthand. He's got like some David DeJesus in him a little bit um, in that way. And I think, you know, uh, defensively, he's fine. Like, I think he's fit the reputation that, that he had in Boston, a totally different outfield. Um, you know, I don't know that you can go from a, a more different outfield unless you go to course field or something, but um, you know, I think he's got a reputation as like a good defender. Like he's fine. Like he's not Alex Gordon. He's not going to win gold gloves. Um, but he's also not, um, you know, Jorge Soler, uh, you know, in the outfield or all of ours or whatever. So, um, I think he's a really good piece. Um, he's a really good piece. They got to build, build around him. Um, you know, obviously, but you know, he, he's a guy you can win with for sure. I really like the David DeJesus comp, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit different kind of players. DeJesus, of course, was a center fielder, covered a lot of ground, uh, been attending a left fielder, but I just, I, I see that automatically, you know, just right away, the types of hitters that they are. Um, so, uh, before we go to a break and I want to talk about what the, what the, what the 2022 lineup would look like. You mentioned it, Sam, Edward Olivares. Um, what, what a, 
what an interesting season he has had. Um, I think we, we all kind of felt bad for a player who was, you know, shuttling between Kansas City and Omaha as often as he was. And then, you know, that play in Baltimore that happened uh, six days ago was the day after this previous show ran where, you know, he playing center field goes into right field and disrupts, uh, you know, Hunter Dozier uh, from making the, the catch, which I think Hunter Dozier still should have made the catch. However, you know, that was the, the signature play in the nine-run eighth inning by the Baltimore Orioles in the 9-8 to eight loss. Um, what – What's the future of Edward Olivares in with this uh, with this team, Lynn? What what uh, do you see a future for him here? I mean, I think there's there's a future. I'm just not sure what it is yet because um, I think that's part of figuring out what this outfield is going to look like. I don't think it's in center field. I think defensively, he's still got some rough edges that you know, and that was sort of the word. Um, last year and we've seen him this year only sort of play the corners and we've seen you know a couple of balls that were adventures in right field this year um just in the short time that he's been around i mean they like him um obviously there's there's potential there especially offensively i mean um he's an athlete and he's you know and he's got power some pop in that bat for a guy who's a uh, sort of a more longer leaner type guy but um I'm not sure what the what the end game is there with him, but I think he's a, a piece that they want to hold on to and see what um, what develops there. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if they're sure what the you know the ultimate um, role is for him. Yeah, this is you know again going back and forth as often as he has this year. Um, it's been been tough for for him to develop and. I just don't, I don't know. Uh, well, that, I'll tell you what, let's, let's do this. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll let's look at what an opening day 2022 lineup for the Royals will be. And this is a, um, a note that I lifted straight from Mellinger minutes uh, just a little while ago. So we'll be right back. The Kansas city Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare. The University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind to win. The University of Kansas Health System, official health care provider of the Royals. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, Sam, I don't know exactly how you, uh, uh, how you worded this, but I, I was uh, deep into your Mellinger Minutes today and saw that 
um, you had projected a, a lineup. Now, don't get caught up in the batting order, but I was more curious about the positions anyway. And so I'll read it out. And you tell me what you had in mind when you made this. You had Wood Merrifield at second, um, Lopez at short, Mondesi in right, South Mondesi in right, by the way. Um, South Perez catching, Santana the DH, Bobby Wood Jr. in center field, Benintendi in left, Nick Prado at first, and Melendez at third base. That's something we need to talk about, too. So that's obviously a possibility, a projection of, is that sort of a little combination of, um, you, know, you know, maybe not opening day, but best possible scenario for the Royals to be competitive second half of next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's lots and lots and lots of speculation, right? Um, and, and there's some moving parts there. And I think the, you know, the most awkward in there is probably Mondesi and right field. But I, I do think that they're not just going to move him. They're not just going to let him play third, DH, and that's it. I, I just, I, I find that hard to believe. I, I think they're going to add some outfield to him next year. It, would, um, it makes all the sense in the world, right, with, with how – athletic he is and 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 all that and i uh the bobby witt jr thing um i, I just I, I think they need to see what they have in like just see if he can play center field he, he's more than enough athlete to do it that doesn't mean he can play it but he's more than enough athlete to do it and and i know that these are conversations that they've had and i would expect that to be one of the you know the exit interviews after the season of you know like hey just try it see if you can get comfortable We'll see what it looks like in spring training and go from there. Because if if he can do that, I just think it opens up a lot of other stuff. You 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 open up third base a little bit more. Um, and I think that MJ Melendez, I mean, my goodness, he's having a monster season in the minor leagues. And, you know, if he is that kind of bat, I think that you want him on the field and um, or in the lineup. And, um, you know, he's got the arm. He's got great hands. Um, I think they've looked at him a little bit um, at a corner outfield spot. I don't know that he's like super agile and athletic to do that, but um, you know, they, they've tried him at third base in Omaha and um, you know, all I've seen is the one clip that, that I put in the minutes there. I mean, he covered a lot of ground yeah. you know, to catch a foul ball. I mean, that was a nice play. So there's just, you know, look, it, I think they're going to have, they could potentially, this could be a team that has a hundred different defensive lineups, you know, or in batting order combinations um, next season, just because between Witt Jr., Mondesi, um, Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, um, Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez. I mean, it's just a lot of guys that can play two, three, four positions. So um, it, it's fun to kind of toss it up and, and, and see how you can get everybody, um, get everybody in. And that lineup that, that I put in there, you still have Dozier, um, who, who would play a lot, you know, corner outfield, corner infield. Um, I think Olivares can be a fourth uh, fourth outfielder for you um, and play and not hurt you that way. So it's just it's a lot of moving parts. Um, but for once, like it's like good moving parts, you know, like <laughs> the Royals have had teams before. You're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this guy can do it. And now you've got like actual dudes um, that, that you feel good about to move around. Dealing a little more from a position of strength than a position of yeah. in previous years. So Mike, Mike writes in, says, uh, send Monty to winter ball and have him play third base outfield there. So he carries that into spring training and hopefully break through at other positions. Pray that he stays healthy. Absolutely. We'll hear here on, on that. Um, Lynn, what, what's interesting to me about the Royals, and I don't know if this is a trend. I don't know how many other teams are doing this, but I, the number of Royals players that, that are being 
you know, played at different positions and, you know, Melendez now playing some, thir- you know, third base in Omaha. Um, you know, we're talking about Bobby Wood Jr. at multiple positions, Mondesi at multiple positions, sort of the, the, the Whit Merrifield school of multiple position players. Um, that obviously gives the Royals flexibility when, when deciding a lineup, as Sam said, they can have, you know, a hundred different defensive lineups. Um, maybe, you know, go back to being old school. It seems like back in the day, everybody just had their position and that's what they played. And you didn't see Eric Cosmer anywhere, but first base or Moose anywhere, but third. And, you know, it was a stop the presses moment when Alex Gordon moved from third base to the outfield, you know, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't do a special section on that at the star, but um, the, the, the fact that there's so much flexibility and versatility, is this going to, will the Royals be well served by this? I think potentially, yes. I mean, I think you look at a team like um, Tampa Bay um, and they've had, you know, they've gone to World Series with guys who've played multiple positions, guys who've bounced around, guys who've been, you know, um, played that way with guys who come off the bench and played in spots, you know, regularly, even in playoff games, you know, maybe not start games, but we'll come in and play games and guys will move around. Um, So I think if you have the right guys, if you have the, um, if you don't have necessarily a lineup that's just stacked the way you can just set it every day and leave it, then this is the other option. I mean, I think Mike Matheny's talked about that in the past, just about, you know, you know, like obviously the idea you'd love to have a lineup where you just set it and leave it alone and you don't have to do anything with it. But, you know, um, I think he's said in the past, like last year in this season, they don't, they're not at that point yet. Um, and it might be where you're, you know, a smaller market team like a Tampa or Kansas city that, you know, maybe you don't get to that point or maybe the best option for you is to have guys that move around to maximize the, the um, you know, the athletes you have, the bats you have, the matchups you have from a night to night basis. So um, I think having versatility and then also just, you know, where they're at, where you still have some guys who you're not a hundred percent sure what they're, you know, what, what they're going to be, or they're not at that, you know, they haven't reached their, their peak yet um, while they're getting there you still might have other guys that are worth using, worth um, getting something out of. Like, you know, maybe it's where you still squeeze what you can out of a Carlos Santana or um, a Michael A. Taylor or, you know, whoever it is, while you're getting what you can out of, you know, a young Nick Prado, you know, Bobby Wood Jr., um, Edward Olivares, guys who, you know, you can get something from, but maybe aren't everyday players yet. So, I mean, that's, um, I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think it's something that is, you know, um, untenable. I think Tampa has proved that. It's just a matter of finding the right guys, finding the right mix, and being able to carry that out. I guess my my only re- request, I guess, of the Royals is don't wait till they get to the major leagues to start moving them around. You know, this is something that really should happen at, um, you know, in Omaha, Northwest Arkansas, Quad Cities, Columbia, wherever, you know, that, this is, um, you know, don't don't wait till they get to Kansas City to introduce a new position to to a player. Um, and I will say this: it, it seems to me that um, uh, that you know a player like like Hunter Dozier might be better served by squaring up at one position. And I, I don't know, but something to unlock him. Um, so anyway, uh, j- just a thought and. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's start to wind down. I will say that uh, 
you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the, the San Francisco Giants became the first ba- first team in baseball to clinch a playoff position last night. Giants are back in the playoffs. Um, I, 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 I Listen, I, I just haven't been keeping up with the Giants. I'm sure they've been in the playoffs since the 2014 World Series, but uh, uh, I can't remember them being there. Uh, so they are on their way to, um, you know, to, to the postseason. What, a, what an organization. I think it's one of the great organizations in baseball. And um, uh, it looks like there are some wild card positions that still need to be sorted out. And I'm wondering if you guys have a thought on uh, who your favorites would be. It looks like either, you know, the Dodgers or the Giants will, will win the West and one of them will be the wild card. So it's down to what Padres, Reds, Cardinals um, for, in, in, for, for the, for the AL or for the NL wild card. Um, what do you think, Sam, who, who comes out of that, that race? Well, the, the main thing that I keep thinking about is remember before the season, um, there was all this talk about whether the Dodgers were going to be the best team ever. Like the, literally, like that's what stories, big stories were written about whether this would be the best team in the history of Major League Baseball. And if not, then certainly it was going to be the Padres um, that that knock them off. And so, of course, the Giants, you know, uh, are, are the team. And 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 actually, that winning streak happened. Um, you know, there there were some people sort of wondering if the Giants should should sell. Um, at one point during during the season, and now they're, you know, just kind of boat racing everybody. I mean, they're they're only a couple games up, um, <clears throat> you know, against the Dodgers in that division, but uh, you know, have the best record, uh, I think, in all of baseball, not just the National League, but the the, the best record in, in in all of baseball. Um, I just I love that, you know. I, I don't I don't think that that kind of thing certainly doesn't happen in the NBA. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get it uh, in the NFL, but usually that's like a team that you expect to go four and twelve goes 10 and six, you know, and, and gets a wild card spot. You just, um, it's one of the cool things about baseball. Um, so anyway, <laughs> moving on on that, I, I still think the Padres have a lot, you know, um, they, they just have so much talent and um, they've had to play through some injuries. And if they can get healthy a little bit, uh, that's a team that I would expect to, to, to rise up a little bit and, and maybe separate themselves in, in, in that group. Yeah, look, um, in the American League's crazy. The the whole uh, AL East with uh, the way Toronto's played here the last couple of weeks, and the Yankees after their thirteen game winning streak, the Yankees have just been in the, you know, kind of in the tank. They won last uh, last game, but gosh. Um, so any, right right now, as it stands, the Blue Jays and the Yankees are the two uh, the, the, the wild card teams. Boston is right there, um, and then right behind those guys, Seattle, Oakland. Those happen to be the two teams the Royals are playing this week. So it's um, it, 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 there are some good races coming up here in the, you know, it, coming down the stretch, the final three weeks. The Royals aren't part of them, but they'll have a say with games against the, the Mariners in the A's this week. So we're going to wrap it up for today. want to thank Lynn Worthy and Sam Mellinger for, for being with us, to for Beth Welsh for producing the show, and a couple little uh, programming notes. Uh, be sure to be with us. A week from today, I think we're going to have a special guest. I won't jinx it by telling you who it is, but we'll get you word uh, in advance who who, who uh, I think will be joining us at this time next Tuesday. And um, and always we've got uh, we've got Chiefs Sports Beat Lives coming up 9:30 on Thursday, and of course post game from the Chiefs. So for Lynn, for Sam, for Beth Welsh, thanks a lot, and we will talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. 
Tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger and Lynn Worthy for talking Royals. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on CansCity.com. Hey, let me tell you about another deal. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online edition of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they're posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And, of course, it's a great time to subscribe. You read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, colleges, soccer teams, and more. You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020 to get this. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. And I also wanted to call your attention to something new. Maybe you know about the Star Z edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. You click on that, and you can access a sports page that includes late afternoon and evening news. Like uh, on Monday, it was 35 pages full of Chiefs, baseball, you know, Royals, everything. It was crazy. So listen, however you get the star, I just want to thank you because you're supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.